Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we are going to tackle topics like when your abusive ex gets married. (laughs) I almost spit my coffee out. (laughs) Right. When they're not as into the relationship as you are and having to fully show up for the first time. Oh, dang. I know, right? But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed therapists right. or podcasters. No. There's no there's no licensure for that. But no. if there were, we still wouldn't get it. Right. We are two unprofessional um, pod- podcasters. You know, it's yes. to this day. Actually, we, technically, we are professional because we get paid for this now. <laughs> I know. Um, but like to this day, it's hard for me to say like people are like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a writer and I'm a podcast host. And they're like, oh, <laughs> oh OK, what does that mean for Ooh. you? <laughs> so, Ooh. you know, how my wife introduces me. She goes, this is Sierra. Um, she is a podcast host of a uh, she says a successful podcast. <laughs> she says she needs to like. <laughs> she wants to be clear. It's successful. It's not. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with unsuccessful podcasts. And also like, no. are we successful? Like, what is the scale at which we are? We were successful when we had like more than 100 listeners. We're getting way off track. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is to say that <laughs> Sam and I are not professionals. We are. N- we're not trained in like relationships or counseling. So please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love i think today is episode 120 can you believe it that's amazing i know i was about to say we are a quarter of a way to 200 but that math was so wrong it was so wrong <laughs> we're a fifth we're a fifth of the way to 200 no no out not of, even. but out exactly yeah. see what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah, i was yeah. like oh wow it's not like my math was just so many times wrong. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's rough. Okay, that's, so we have rough. a really cute um, check-in topic today that is actually inspired by me creeping on you guys in the <laughs> private Just Break Up Facebook group. So I was reading what everybody was like posting about, and a couple different posts recently have been about dumpers remorse. And like, if it's a thing, if you experience it, what should you do about it, et cetera. And I thought it was such a cute topic that we've ever, never actually um, gotten into mm-hmm. maybe like peripherally on a letter. But OK, so dumpers remorse, quick definition. It is what it sounds when somebody <laughs> after after they break up with you or you break up with someone like a couple months later or a couple weeks later, a couple hours later, who knows? Um, you're starting to feel regret about breaking up with somebody. And it often, from my experience, involves like romantic um, daydreams about that person where you're like, oh, Mm. hmm." yeah. So is this something that you have experienced, Samuel Blackwell? No. (laughs) Never? (laughs) No. Well, we have to remember that like I've only dumped Uh, one person in my life. Um, I just never remember that we are so different. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) But I will say that I have been the object of dumper's remorse many, many, many times. Oh, God. (laughs) That makes you sound such like an asshole but it's so true like it's like it's i'm not bragging about it no i like, know they but they still it... dumped me <laughs> <laughs> 
you're right it's like such a underhanded compliment like you're like they dumped me but then they regretted it so like what does that say about me yeah right they <laughs> that were I'm like dumpable but he's like around, cute enough like, to think about <laughs> yeah right i think it just meant that i dated a lot of men with um avoidant attachment styles but ah yes 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 that's fine um no being the honestly like you, you, this isn't you were about brag, to say y'all. being the victim of <laughs> being the victim of dumpers remorse <laughs> sucks <laughs> it totally does i think because it's based on people ro- like we love to romanticize potential so as soon as something is out of our grasp it's like oh my god but what if what if what if i swear to god if yeah. i could if i could monetize what if thinking i would be mm. like up there with jeff bezos you know because <laughs> all it. we you'd do be, is you think- would be the first trillionaire you know what i'm saying yeah 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 yep um and instead we don't get any money out of thinking about what ifs. <laughs> Zero dollars. All you get is the person that dumped you, like coming around again, being I'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I regret of, it. Yeah, I'm even thinking about th- being the regretter, which, yeah. which was me, which I think it was a combination of romanticized, like romantic thinking, you know, fantasy. It was a combination mm-hmm. of that, not really liking to, not enjoying hurting people like feeling very sensitive to that nobody nobody enjoys hurting people but like you know i would like change my social security number if somebody was like oh your numbers hurt me you know (laughs) (laughs) um and then also not like the unhealthier version of me of my past would covet their attention and their love and if they were like moving on (laughs) i would be like um hello you're supposed to be (laughs) i'm still here (laughs) and that is me admitting a very dark small part of myself from my past (laughs) but i'd be like wait a minute you don't want me anymore you're so hot (laughs) (laughs) anyway um yeah it's all bad (laughs) yeah it's really not great yeah breakups are never good um I mean, they are good. They are good things. Like we should break up with people who who don't serve us anymore. Um, but like, right, but they always suck. They always suck. Yeah, they're always painful. Um, yeah, but that that's that's what it feels like too. Like being the recipient of it is like, oh, I don't want to be with you, but also you're not allowed to move on. Yes, <laughs> like that's that's the undercurrent of it. Absolutely. Right, and it's like, um, no. And also, like, you just rejected me and now you want to get back with me? That's, like, that doesn't... Yeah. That doesn't I love compute. that you're... Because in preparation for this episode, I was thinking so much about, like, what do you do if you're feeling dumpers remorse? If you broke up and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, did I do something wrong? And you're thinking about it from the other way around. And and they're both very valid experiences. Like, we're not trying mm-hmm. to vitalize anyone who... um who is experiencing dumpers remorse. I think it's like such a common experience for so many, like very human reasons. Um, we're not trying to villainize you, but Sam will say that he's a victim of it. (laughs) 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 Um, but I think we're coming at it from different directions because of our experiences. Um, and so to my fellow, like dumper remorse or (laughs) feelers, that's, that's right. <clears throat> anyway, to my dumper remorse or feelers, um, I I would kind of call us out tenderly about the idea of are you do you miss the person or do you miss feeling wanted? Number one. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, 
are you bank are you assuming something that's not real aka no one will ever love you the way they did right that's not real that's not a real line of thinking and that's mm-hmm. a scarcity mindset um mm-hmm. you know you're I think our brains do a lot of work to tell us narratives that are hundred percent not true. Like, Oh my God, maybe I made a mistake. They're the only good person out there. They were so, you know, my mother doesn't like anyone and my mom liked them, you know, well, that's not true. Your mom hasn't met every single person on the entire earth. Um, or she has, if she's on Facebook. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> um, and so, and the, finally, my last little piece of advice to us dumper remorse or feelers, um, picture the person actually saying, yes, I will get back with you and it not being tumultuous and it not being like picture it no longer being a tumultuous, tumultuous will they, won't they mm-hmm. ebb and flow sort of thing. If it's no longer dramatic and they just say yes and they're like, yep, I want to get back to you. And all of a sudden they erase all of the boundaries that they had. Like you don't have access to me all the time. You know, you mm-hmm. can't sleep with me. You can't get mm-hmm. affection from me or whatever. And all of a sudden you're in the relationship again that you left earlier. Do you uh-huh. really want that? Do you really? Yeah. Or do you want or or are you drawn to the struggle of earning them back? Mm. Not everyone is as sociopathic as my brain was <laughs> back in my early I, 20s. But I think that's a legit thing to call out, right? I think that that's 100% legit. I think that many of us spend a lot of time trying to win someone and then being like, oh, whoops, it was actually just about wanting to win them. Yeah. And and not in like a, you're not like a terrible person for that. That's just like kind of the way desire works sometimes, mm-hmm. right? For sure. I would say like make a list of the reasons why you dump them, mm-hmm, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and like go over that list every time you feel that remorse and be like, oh yeah, remember the time that they did this thing or remember the time or that all of the times that they didn't show up in this way because right when we... When we suddenly don't have access to someone, we immediately are like, oh my God, but there were so many good things about them. Like, here's the yes. list of all of the things why everything was so wonderful and awesome and immediately begin to forget that we, like all of the the, the horrible things that we went through with yes. them. Um, so like make a list, be like, these are the reasons why and say, I trust myself. Mm-hmm. I trust that this was the right decision. I trust that all of these things that I've listed are a hundred percent true for me. And so I made the right decision. And on top of that, even make a list, like for folks like me who might waffle back and forth a lot or like almost self-punish, you know, because Mm -hmm. you chose to leave them, you know, Um, write a list of why you want to get back with them and, and, and make sure that that list isn't written in idealized fantasy and it's not written in scarcity and it's not written in a paranoid assumption they're the best person i've ever met well it's that Mm -hmm. have you met everybody you know like that (laughs) that sort of thinking is like is what makes you not feel strong enough to to carry out that separation this all being said sam and i totally realize that there are people who have legit dumpers remorse um Mm -hmm. and legitimately decide to get back together for um well everybody's reasons are legitimate but like you know because you fucked up <laughs> yeah. and that's okay too. You know, my wife and I did it. It just took us 12 years. <laughs> right. Um, but maybe that's what it is. Like just take 12 <laughs> years apart and then figure it out. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Anyway. And also if you're a victim of dumpers remorse, you can block <laughs> the person. They don't need to have access to you. 
They can work on their own shit on their own time because they so said, true. I don't want to be in a relationship with you. And you yeah. can say, great, me neither. Yeah. yeah. Are they safe? Do they make the, do they make you feel good about themselves? About Yeah, it's not your it. job. I can't to, talk to yourself. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sam. You it's talk. not your job to make the dumper feel better about the fact that they dumped you. Just to be clear. Just want to say that explicitly. It's going to be a great episode. <laughs> I already, I can feel it. <laughs> All right. Do you want to dive into some letters? Actually, the first one deals with some dumpers remorse. So Mm -hmm. this will be a continuation of this conversation. Love it. All right. This letter comes from Emotional, who is writing from... Bitch. (laughs) You want to... No, no, bitch. I fucking need you to know that Uh. it took me like... (laughs) Fucking... (laughs) I did not get that (laughs) until this moment. This is what I need you to know. I need to confess to you that I was like, I don't know what that last name is. Yeah, that's legit. Okay, do you want to explain it to the people why I'm laughing at myself? The first initial is E, period. And then it's motional, spelled M-O-S-H-U-N-A-L, which the first time I read it was like... Motional? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. This is... I I hate myself. (laughs) I don't hate myself for not getting this, but I hate myself for admitting on air <laughs> that I was like, oh, shit, that's what that means. Okay, emotional, thanks for for getting it. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely. Who's writing from the land of brand chaos? Nope. <laughs> Who's writing from the <laughs> land of brain chaos? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, oh, I feel way better about myself now. Okay, cool. <laughs> We're even. Uh, Very good. We're ready. Perfect. Brand chaos. Brand chaos. I'm sorry. Uh, All right. First of all, I wanted to just thank you for all of the work and the amazing community you have built. I'm so grateful for Just Break Up and consider the weekly episodes to be my version of Emotional Intelligence Church. I love love how you make personal growth so accessible. Also, fist bump to Sierra as a fellow anxious attachment style. (laughs) Fist bump. So here's my issue. A little over a year ago, I ended a very intense and potentially toxic relationship. My ex and I dated for a year and a half and had so much passion, great sex, crazy fights, sweeping statements of love and soulmatehood, the whole shebang. But there were also signs of him gaslighting, manipulating, controlling. On top of that, my ex is a father at the time his son was three. So staying with him meant taking on a step-parent role. About a year into my relationship, I started having my doubts. I didn't always like the way he made me feel, and I was uncertain about being a step-parent. He also wanted to move in with one another very quickly, and I was hesitant because I was nervous to live with a child, especially since we fought all the time. Mm. But I did love how much he loved me, the security provided, he had a house and wanted to take care of me, and other various elements of our life. He took care of me, and there was no doubt in my mind he would always be loyal. After a year of dating... I couldn't quell my own doubts about the relationship. I was constantly anxious about whether or not we should break up. I also note he was unemployed for a while, and this put huge strains on our relationship. Once he got a job, I stayed in the relationship for another month or so, hoping this would make things better, but it didn't. I still had my doubts, and I broke up with him. The breakup sucked. It was so hard, and I almost went back to him multiple, multiple times. But then I randomly met a new man and fell in love with him very quickly. We've been dating for a year and a half now, and things are going well, albeit a bit slow. We don't live together, etc. There are no sweeping statements of forever, but there is lots of love, mutual respect, fun adventures, laughs, and deep conversation. 
Over the course of my new relationship, I occasionally thought about my ex and fantasized about us running into one another, which my therapist said was common, especially after toxic relationships. And I didn't reach out to him. I didn't think I could be with him with my nagging doubts and wanted to put my faith in my new relationship. But a few weeks ago, I saw that my ex was married, (laughs) not even engaged, but straight up married. My friend told me he is definitely blocked. It floored me. And I feel so bad about that. There's a voice in my head saying, you made a mistake and I desperately want to quell it, but I can't help but freaking out that no one will love me as much as my ex did. And I missed the boat on that one. I'm so sick of being anxious about this person and can't understand why I can't move on. There are so many questions in my head, like what if I was wrong about him being controlling? What if I had stayed with him and tried a little harder? Why is it so easy for this new woman to love him with zero hesitation? I want to focus so badly on my current relationship. I love my current boyfriend, but sometimes I compare him to my ex and I wonder why we aren't moving as quickly or if there was something wrong with a relationship. Are these feelings normal? Are they indicative that I did something wrong? I feel really hard on myself right now and I don't want to disrupt the good relationship I have, but I feel so overwhelmed by all of these thoughts. Thank you so much for reading this very long letter. It makes me feel better just to write it and I appreciate all that you do. XO emotional. <laughs> Still surprises me. Okay, emotional. Thank you so much for writing and for challenging my reading ability um, with your adorable name um, and for your vulnerability in writing this letter. I think mm-hmm. you are absolutely to answer your first question or your last question right there. It's totally normal to have these experiences. In fact, I'm going to share uh, something about my recent life um, that is personal and embarrassing, but that's just like what we do on the podcast. <laughs> um, I just, and I want to share I'm it so because, <laughs> well, I want to share it because it's just proof what our brains are capable of doing, like outside of our consent. Um, and, and even when we're happy, right? Um, so I was recently, um, I follow one of my, we didn't even date. We had like a tryst, you know, we had like a, a thing. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. person, I felt, but we're going to call him an ex. I follow one of my ex on uh, Instagram and I recently fell down a rabbit hole of like um, looking at s- some of his page for, for some reason that I'm not going to get into because I want to be private, whatever. It wasn't even stalking or not to use that word. It wasn't creeping on him or anything. It was just like the way this internet works. Right. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like looking at his page and then I was startled to be reminded that he's married. Okay. Like, and that he, (laughs) and I was like, Oh yeah. And then I, and I felt this way. I was like, Oh my God, he's married weird like we used to have this thing and now and now he he chose and is with somebody totally someone else and then i thought i'm fucking married (laughs) like i'm married (laughs) you know (laughs) like i'm married to the woman of my dreams and i'm in an incredibly healthy stable relationship one that i love and that i've never even fantasized about leaving and Mm -hmm. i i want to share that because it was such a perfect innocent example of like our brains just go places that we did not tell them to go and are oftentimes the way that we carry like desire and longing and feeling wanted and feeling loved shows up in in ways that 
kind of betray us sometimes, right? Because really mm-hmm. the, the underlying subconscious thing there was uh, for a moment, I felt an insecurity because someone else that I don't want across the country doesn't <laughs> want me. <laughs> like how fucked is that? That, uh-huh. that my, my inner like child wound wanting to feel loved and desired showed up in such a tiny subconscious way, even though I'm loved and wanted and secure and satisfied in my own relationship. This is all to say to emotional, these daydreams are incredibly normal and mm-hmm. inc- and incredibly like subconscious, I would say, because it's your brain, it's brain patterns that you can't even control. Mm-hmm. That's so real. I think that we often give so much wait to like random things that we think and say like, Oh my God, I just thought that that must mean something. And it's like, no, like we all have like random thoughts. Like sometimes when I'm in meetings with people, I think about what would happen if I like stood up and slapped them across the face. Like it is like a recurring like thing that I think about in meetings. Does it mean I'm a horrible person that's going to slap people across the face? No, it just seems that like my brain is like exploring the what ifs and like pushing against like my understanding of like what's acceptable like but it's i'm not a horrible person who like wants violence against people it's literally like my brain's like what would happen if i did this like right like a little child that like runs around and like goes in different places right and i think sometimes if you get so caught up in like trying to control the thoughts like and by that i mean like trying to make them not happen but like you can't help that right, right. like i think about my ex probably a f- many times a day <laughs> right like Oh, I happens. wonder what he's doing. And it's like, cool. Yeah, I wonder what he's doing. Move on. Like literally like just mm-hmm. watching, letting the thoughts sort of pass through us and not assigning weight or value to them. Like you are always going, I'm always going to think about my ex sometimes. I'm always going to think about what would happen if Peter and I broke up. I'm always going to think about what would happen if I slapped that person across the face in a meeting for no reason. Yeah. Like, But like just, just the point isn't to not have those thoughts. Like the fact that we're having those thoughts doesn't make us bad people, right? It is about letting those thoughts move through us so that they don't take up more space than they need to in our heads and in our hearts. Absolutely. And it's not a marker of your failure that you're thinking about your ex. It is like that. You can't help that. That is, that is real. But like if those thoughts aren't, yeah, absolutely. And if those thoughts aren't serving you, then let's find a way to like process through them and let them, let them get out of our bodies as quickly as possible. Yeah. And I, and I shared my example because, you know, the feel, this is somebody that I didn't even love that I didn't like have a a Mm -hmm. full sustained relationship with. And I felt this pang of like, Oh, they've moved on for four seconds until I remembered that, like, I have no interest in them. This is somebody that you loved, that you have, pa- mm-hmm. you had passion and affection <clears throat> for and went through a really painful separation with. So, of course, when you find out something shocking, like they've moved on, it's going to take your brain a couple minutes, a couple days, a couple weeks to, like, let it settle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Absolutely. so this is yep. this is the reality. And also, another thing that I'll confess, like the reason why the black, black, black system works for me in breakups and the reason why I am not very good at being friends with my exes is because like my brain, I want to cut off all of like my healing process is best when I when I 
I just turn off the faucet when I have no access mm-hmm. to them, when I can't imagine, when I can't see them with someone else, you know, things like that, or can't, I can't see them not choosing me or, or, or whatever our brains think during breakups. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and having access to people who, even though I'm in a happy, healthy, stable relationship, did not choose me, right? It can, it can hurt. It can like wound my, my tender fucking ego. Right. (laughs) And and I'm talking like, I'm, this is not like a daily thing I struggle with. I'm saying like in, in a breakup, I cut off all contact because like, I can't hang. I can't do it. I don't want to see you. I don't want to see you happy without me. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Um, Absolutely. And, and so you did this, right? Maybe I, so I say, I confess this embarrassing fact to say that like, maybe your healing style needs to just not see him, not think about him, you know, have them all gone. Like, like you seem like you have, and then he mm-hmm. snuck in there. Cause your friend told you that, you know, it's not your fault <laughs> that he like broke down the barriers of your protection that you built for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's go through the questions, like some of the questions that you asked us and just like give you some answers to them. Um, What if I was wrong about him being controlling? You weren't. Nope. (laughs) I literally in my notes wrote, trust yourself. Yep. Trust yourself. He was controlling. And say that out loud. I trust myself. I trust my Mm -hmm. experience. Absolutely. What if I'd stayed with him and tried a little harder? Um, We'll Mm. never know because you can't, you can't change what happened in the past. And also my guess is... Probably the same thing, right? Like, I don't think that this was an issue of you not trying hard enough. I think this was an issue of him being controlling and manipulative and you just, and you not being compatible with that, with that behavior, with his lifestyle, whatever it is, right? Right. Like, I don't think try, I don't think it was a lack of trying that got you to this breakup. And even if it was, there's nothing we can do about that. And then what is it? Why is it so easy for this new woman to be with him with zero hesitation? The reality is, is... she, you don't know her. Yeah. She might have. She might have a a list of hesitations. She might be in this marriage, being like, "What the fuck did I get myself into?" Yeah. Like you don't you don't know her. So like, why are we telling the story that he's like this relationship is now perfect and she's absolutely in love with him and right? Like you you don't you don't know that. And the story right. that you're telling yourself is hurting you. Right? Yes. Like the story that is completely made up. Because you have absolutely no facts involved, <laughs> right? The story that you're telling yourself is hurting yourself. So tell yourself a different story. Damn. Damn. How many fucking times can I say that to myself? This the story that you're telling yourself is a hurting you and not true. Like what? <laughs> right. I know I'm a writer and all, but like <laughs> I'm hurting myself. Um, also, to answer your question, like you know, freak out that you said I can't help but freak out that no one will love me like my ex did. Um, and you miss the boat on them. Well, you know what? Like no one will love you exactly as that ex did, but they can love you better. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be the same. It's going to be different and it's going to be better. And I would argue that the love that you're experiencing now, it might not feel like that tug of war passion that you felt before, but that sort of up and down does not significant significant. There we go. (laughs) Does not signify to me, at least healthy love. It's it, it actually symbolizes like obsession, right? And Mm. peaks and valleys. It's like, it's, it's an addiction more than it is an affection. Absolutely. And to be clear, like 
we've been taught that that's what love should look like, right? Like that is what, this is what media teaches us. Like this is what Sierra's sister told her when she was a child, (laughs) right? Like that true love is the one that makes you feel the most. Bullshit. Um, And it's, that's not actually true, right? Like long-term sort of sustainable, healthy relationships feel slow, especially if all that you're used to is the, the ups and downs and peaks and valleys of codependency and abuse and, and unhealthiness. So like, yeah, this person probably feels a little bit boring compared to the crazy roller coaster you were on, on an X, but like, it's, it's like easier to get to like, to travel the world in like a choo-choo train than it is to travel it in a roller coaster because it's just easier. I don't know. I lost that metaphor. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. I was off thinking about my own point, which is this. (laughs) Well, I just had this realization is that like, we always want a good love story. We want there to be like some sort of struggle. Like think about right now, what, what, what love story do you crave? Do you crave mm. somebody who sees you and then like immediately knows and then you move very quickly through quickly through the steps and get married and are happily ever after? Or do you crave like a notebook style story? Do you crave like I think we've been indoctrinated in a way to crave a love story that is inherently dramatic and passionate because it makes a good story but i don't Mm. want a good story right i don't want to say like look at all this i endured to have a good love i want to say look at this good love that came to me and that i nurtured it and i watered it and i tilled the ground and we and we grew this steady good nourishing love right we did that not through like crazy fucking storms and like hiking Mm -hmm. a crazy mountain and fighting like emotionally (laughs) Um, unavailable dragons, right? Uh huh. Yeah. I want the boring love story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so do you. That's a much emotional. better. That's a much better metaphor than I was choo-choo. going for with the roller coaster <laughs> and the choo choo train. Um. <clears throat> so the to answer your big final questions, like, are these feelings normal? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We just <laughs> Sierra gave a great example of how normal these feelings are. <laughs> It's really embarrassing to admit that, but it 100% happened like two days ago where I forgot that I didn't want to be with someone I didn't love and that I wasn't married. (laughs) (laughs) And like also check out the Facebook group where apparently everyone is talking about dumpers remorse right now. So and are they indicative that, that I did something wrong? No, they are just they are just thoughts. They don't have to be big signs. They don't have to be important things. They're just thoughts. They're just one of the billions and billions of thoughts that come through our brain every single day, right? Like you don't have to assign any weight to them. You can just say, yep, I wonder why, how he's doing, or I'm confused as to why they are happy together when he was such an asshole or whatever it is. Right. And say like, yep, that's it. <laughs> That's the thought that I have. And, and sort mm-hmm. of like move on to something else as opposed to saying like, oh, this must be a sign that I'm not over him because it's not. It's definitely not. Right. Exactly. All right. Emotional. Um, thank you for writing, for trusting us with your story. And we hope that this helps. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. 
Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month, so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which... (laughs) Um, I am never not in slippers, and these are 100% Australian shearling-lined clog slippers, and I love that they're slip-on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to, like, take the trash out in them while also, like, staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. Okay. Our next letter is from Sam P who is writing to us from the void. Um, Okay, so I'm going to paraphrase the first couple paragraphs in because it'll just it's going to run a little bit faster. So Sam basically tells us that um, she started she wants to ask her opinion on this recent relationship she had. She started seeing this guy named Joey and like Joey is the epitome of her type. 
Um, super cute, super like into him for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. And they go on one date and then their second date is postponed due to some like family plans and road tripping and whatever. Um, and then on the second date, he tells her that he hasn't been in the best headspace and he's going to move to South Carolina to be closer to his sister. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she's bummed, but she figures like, was he's not moving yet. Like I might as well enjoy it while I can. And then, um, so, you know, they're hanging out for the next couple weeks or whatever. And during that time, you know, they start making jokes. She keeps saying like cute flirty things like, um, I can't promise you I won't convince you to stay. And he's like, oh my God, please do convince me to stay. And they even start Mm -hmm. joking. You know, he says something about like, I wish your job could be remote so that you could come to South Carolina with me, even though they've been only dating for like three (laughs) dates you know or uh-huh. at this time or yep. whatever um anyway so a couple weeks passed and basically because she has a really good connection um at this restaurant and he's a chef she hooks him up with the job and basically says he expressed some anxiety about moving about like leaving the social circle and she was like mm-hmm. uh you don't have to like rush it you don't have to and he's like you're right i won't i'm gonna stay <laughs> what? so quick what plot a roller turn. coaster this has been <laughs> i know so he doesn't move right he doesn't move and they start hanging out for like a month at this point and they mm-hmm. have like mutual friends so when they hang out with their friends he's like kissing her and like showing affection in front of them and it's mm-hmm. going really well and um they they're definitely like you know doing relationshipy things Right? Right, right, right. Okay, I'm going to k- pick up the letter. So, one night um, on a patio with friends, we got into a small drunken fight. He wanted to go home alone and didn't tell me, so I took it personally. When he was trying to explain, he said, quote, I think you're more into this relationship than I am. I was blindsided. I was about to freak out and, until his Uber called and he left. Commenced years and drunken, uh, dramatic drunk Sam. The next morning, I texted him apologizing for my drunk behavior. He didn't respond. Come Monday, I texted him again. I knew he was going to start his new job and asked him to talk on the phone. We did and cleared everything up. He was planning to go home with me until he drank too much and got sick. Totally fair. A complete miscommunication on both ends. I also asked him about that relationship comment and he stood by it. I told him that I was shocked because I thought he was more into the relationship than I was. I told him I was excited for life to slow down so we could actually like get to know each other better. He agreed. He said he prefers when things happen organically. He, we ended the conversation on the same page. All was well. We shared a few texts over the next week, um, also knowing that he started work so he'd be away from his phone more. That Friday, I called him to try and chat and left a message. He didn't respond to it. Four days go by and I still don't hear from him. I get super anxious. I also suffer from anxiety and depression uh, in which medication only helps so much. I ask him to talk because I want to know how his week was. He answered my call and wanted to talk to me while he was preparing dinner for his friends. I told him that that was silly and that he could call me in the morning. He did. In this conversation, we chatted about the week and all normal things. I told him about my anxiety coming into the weekend, family stuff, and he asked if I wanted to share. I did, so I went a little bit into it, but also brought attention to how not hearing from him for for four days makes me think he's not interested. 
And then he drops the quote, a relationship isn't my priority right now. I was speechless and in genuine shock. He shared that he just wants to focus on his cooking right now. And a relationship is just in the cards, just not in the cards for him right now. I brought up the notion that while yes, people need to get their shit together themselves, but also people can grow together. He agreed that it's possible and thinks having people calling him on his shit slash supporting him to push forward is good, but didn't say he wanted that with me. He just kept coming back to it's not a priority right now. So he can't promise to talk to me at a frequency that I'd like. He still said that he loved my people and would want to continue all the friendships. I didn't know what to say or if there was anything else to say. So I started ending the conversation. He said he'd call. I said, I bitterly replied. Now I for sure don't believe you will. End of speech. He pocket dialed me two days later from his job, left a voicemail. But when I jokingly texted him in the morning about it, he didn't reply. It's been nearly a month and I have not heard from him. He's liked every Instagram post and that's about it. (laughs) Fucking hate that. (laughs) So my question is, is there any hope here? Is it possible to rekindle this? If so, when and how? I honestly, can't, uh, I'm honestly not heartbroken or mad. I'm just confused, and I miss his kind friendship. Oh God, if I could have a fucking twenty dollars for every person who said they missed the friendship of somebody they didn't want to be friends with, but instead wanted to be with Sam, <laughs> I would have like a hundred dollars. Okay, I think more than that. We get a lot of letters. <laughs> I don't want to overstep his boundaries, but I can't help but feel that there's something there that we could go back to or explore further. My friends keep telling me if he wanted you in his life, he would make an effort and he should be obsessed with you. Um, you shouldn't be chasing him. They try to tell me that his rejection was a different form of it's not you, it's me. I realized that, yes, I'm in a better prepared place for a relationship and that he's not because he literally flipped his life upside down twice in a month. But does that mean it can't ever happen and I should give up hope or do I wait for him or do I fight for him? And again, if I fight, how do I do such a thing and when would it be appropriate to do so? Any advice you could give me would be incredibly appreciated. I hope you could shed some of that brutal truth on me. You both do so elegantly. Thank you. All my love and stay safe, Sam. Oh, Sam, my darling. Um, Mm. What was uh, what the listeners missed in my summation of your letter is that you open by saying that you love how brutal Sam and I are in the quote best possible (laughs) way. And I think that this letter sets you up really well (laughs) for the advice that we're going to give you. My darling, Sam. Number one, (laughs) Um, this man is it has has not been good to you i don't know mm. if mm-hmm. i need to just say that very directly because um because i want you to know it right because um it's not safe for us to want and love and lust and plan to win back something that was never good to us right like um and i'm not talking about potential i'm not talking about the times in which he held your hand or kissed you in front of your friends like like this 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 turned poorly right this this went Mm -hmm. sour and it's okay to see it as that absolutely and it's not like he was i don't think that he did anything explicitly like horrible to you Right. right but like it's just not a nutritious place for you it's not a place of 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 health and growth and you've you've enumerated reasons why that might be right because he had his life overturned twice in the past month but like 
I know that it feels like this man is is like an amazing sort of flame that you want to be drawn to, but it's because he's just like on fire. <laughs> like he is just like consuming, consuming, consuming anything that he can get his hands on. And I am glad that like that doesn't have to be you, right? right. Like that you don't have to get sucked into sort of the the of what's going on in his life right now, which is just a lot of of sort of impulsive decisions and a lot of like, let's do this, let's do this, um, which is fine, right? Like I'm not trying to judge him, but it is, it's obviously not what you're looking for, right? You are looking for someone that you want to spend time with and who wants to love and support you and answer your calls and talk to you more than once every four days and like respond to your text messages. And it's clear that this man is not doing that for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to say too, I like started out by bad mouthing this guy, <laughs> but that's mm-hmm. because I just want you to like clearly be like, I want you to question why, what is your desire to go to, to win this guy back? Like, like what potential are you banking on? Right. Um, but I also want to say like, neither of you are doing anything wrong. You tried each other on the way that we try people on and, and you did it to whatever degree you did it during, during a transition time. Mm -hmm. And, um, then he, like, if I could distill this down, um, he decided he didn't want to pursue it with you anymore Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Whether Absolutely. it's because he doesn't want to make a relationship a priority or he's not, he didn't vibe with you totally or whatever. But that, but none of that makes you unlovable or undesirable or you didn't do anything wrong to make mm. him believe this or to, to do this, right? There wasn't, it wasn't because you got anxious and wanted to talk to him. It wasn't because of the drunk fight. It's because he feels right now in his reality that you are incompatible and he doesn't want a relationship, right? Like he, that, the compatibility is so much so that he doesn't want to pursue it. Absolutely. And that's like, I think that also gives him a lot of power. Um, but the reality is also like you have the choice in the situation too, <laughs> right? Like you don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you. Right. And it's clear that this man, and I'm going to say it explicitly, it's clear that this man does not want to be with you, does not want a relationship with you. And so, yes, that fucking hurts and it sucks. But also, it's a good thing because you don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you, right? Like, mm-hmm. you want someone who's going to be all in and you want someone who's going to, 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 you know, be in an actual relationship with you and and do all of the things that are involved in that. And this man's saying, I don't want to do that. I will let you be, I will feed you crumbs, right? Like, you can't sit at the table, but I will offer you crumbs as much as you want them. And you're like... Yeah. Yeah. Give me that. <laughs> Cause I think if I get the crumbs, eventually I'll be able to like be invited to the table. Mm-hmm. And you're like, there are other tables that want you girl. Yeah. Like, find those other tables. Yeah. I totally agree. And I'll extend that and say, I want, I might not be the biggest fan of this guy, but like he hasn't contacted her in a month, in a month. <laughs> a month so right? he's not giving you crumbs anymore. You are, mm-hmm. you're, you're holding an empty plate and saying like, oh my God, but the food on here could be so good if I was different, if I did something else, if the timing was different, all of this, but it's not, it's not different right now. Right. And so what can you do to not change yourself or your availability or compatibility or like to win him back? But what can you do to nourish yourself, to mm-hmm. grieve 
to mm-hmm. celebrate yourself and and then to to go seek a different table with a feast on it who will be obsessed with you who will text you back who will be what you want it to be right absolutely yeah um and that's hard i mean so it's so hard for our like even our subconscious thought patterns that i was talking about so embarrassingly earlier like it is not natural comfortable fulfilling safe even sometimes for our brains to think to revel in the fact that that there are people out there who don't want us but that's true mm-hmm. you know like that mm-hmm. might sound like fucking hella dramatic to some people but like you know it's if i sit and think like there are people who don't want to be with me who, who you know or if there was somebody out there right now who didn't want to be with me and i wanted to be with them like that's a painful 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 place for our brains to be it's hard to compute it's hard to mm-hmm. carry it's hard not to be just like swept down by that heavy depressing thought that's why sam and i want to like pivot your thinking into something that is more nourishing for yourself yes he's not he's choosing mm-hmm. not to have a relationship with you so the answer is not how do i crawl back to convince him to be with me but instead how do i nourish and uplift myself so that i can move on from this situation because it's because it's not safe for me anymore absolutely and i think you are absolutely right to be confused by this right like and i think that that's i think that's what's so challenging about this letter is because like yeah it seemed like really really hot for a while and then suddenly was just like very cold um and so yeah, like, i should have yeah, led you with can that. be confused <laughs> <laughs> but you can be confused you can be angry you can be all of those things right there's no again i don't want you to punish yourself for having the feelings or for like oh i should have seen this coming right like there it seems like things were going really swimmingly for, for a while there. And then suddenly he was like, Oh no, I'm not actually into this. And that's, it was like a hairpin turn. Absolutely. And it's also like when we interact with people, we don't actually know what's going on in their brains. We don't know what their motivations are. We don't know how they're processing or what, how things are reading to them. So like all relationships are very confusing. Yeah. (laughs) Like they're all just like, none of it makes sense. So like, absolutely. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be like, I don't understand where things went wrong because it seems like there were no places where, where things went wrong. And I will also say that like, this is not the first time that I've seen a letter with people who are like on the third date, we're going to move in together. We're Mm going to get married. Like, this is awesome. And suddenly they're gone. Right. Mm Like there's a, I, I, I think that there's a certain type of person out there who like likes to like light up on fire really, really brightly and then like burn up everything around them and then just go out. (laughs) And I just, and those people like no tea, no shade, right? Like if they wanted to write in, we could have a really frank conversation about what that does to other people. But, but I don't think that you are not the first person to be tricked or to be confused by someone who's, who's like this, right? Like this is, I have seen this many times with many people. And so like, I don't want you to feel like you've somehow you're stupid for not recognizing these red flags or that you did something wrong to cause this person to flame out so quickly, right? Like this is just sort of how this situation was going to go, regardless of if you had done anything differently, because that's just the the type of situation that this was. And that um, I say that to you to not make you feel like, oh, I should have known better, but to say like, Nope, this is a common thing and people have 
gotten over it and people have been through it. And, and next time you will know to say like, it's not just enough that we joke about me moving to South Carolina. I want to know that you're going to respond to my texts. Yeah. Like that's the more important yeah. thing to me rather than making promises about what life is going to be like in seven months. I want you to tell me like, what is life going to be like now? Yeah. <laughs> How often are you going to call me? How often are we going to go on dates? Am I spending the night? Right. Like it doesn't have to be like a litany of those things to talk about, oh but God, like those are so the types right. of questions we should be asking as opposed to like, Oh, what will our babies look like? Which is like, not <laughs> Sam's to, dragging again, not 95% to, like, disparage you, right? of like, our I, listeners I, right now. Yeah. Right. Like myself I've included been there too. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I've absolutely been there too. So it's not, our but it's babies. like that's <laughs> those are the it's it's reprogramming our brain to not look at like oh the, the romantic Sparky, comedy of suddenly sparkly, we get married I mean. and after three weeks of knowing each other and instead saying like what i actually need is for someone to be consistently present in my yeah. life and what, to show what up what kind of me. love story do you want mm-hmm. um and and one more thing uh, i want to give you a resource before we say goodbye but but one more point i want to just hammer home is you deserved better Period. You deserve oh, better. 100%. And then also, that's the best he could do. He he gave you his best, <laughs> right? So it's mm-hmm. you deserved better, bet better. But that was his hundred percent. You there's no that wasn't sixty percent, forty percent, thirty percent, right? And there's like un unmet potential out there. No, that was his hundred percent. That's the best he could do. And do you want that best? No, mm. you deserve better right? Go back mm-hmm. to the thing I said in the, in the check-in topic or no, in the, in the last letter, right? Like nobody's ever going to treat you like that. They're going to treat you better, right? Don't look mm-hmm. back on potential. Don't, don't cash checks on that potential. One resource I want to leave you with um, is actually something that I'm working on in therapy right now. My therapist suggested there's like a workbook. Um, okay. Let me be really explicit. I have no idea if this is available online, <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to reference it and I'm going to reference something she told me from it. Um, so that's it's I'm I'm giving you a resource of an idea from something that you might be able to buy out there. <laughs> Love it. Thank Love you. It. Um, transparent. <laughs> um, OK, so my during a therapy session recently, my therapist brought up the idea that it's everyone has a bill of rights. Everyone has intrinsic human rights that we are um, endowed with or, or inherently given, right? Mm-hmm. And you can find this Bill of Rights in an anxiety and phobia workbook that is a, somewhere online, potentially. Okay. Great. But the, the, in our conversation, you know, they're in the Bill of Rights. There, there was like 40 different rights that we, it was our human right to have. But she pulled out a couple for me. And the mm. ones that I want to remind you of, um, Sam, are in in future relationships, right? Not 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 just this one, right? But to speak to your anxiety, because I saw myself in that anxious person who didn't hear from the person for four days and then like felt bad about expressing their anxiety, right? First, before I get into the Bill of Rights, you did nothing wrong by being anxious because the guy you were seeing for a month didn't contact you for four days. That is an anxiety-inducing mm-hmm. experience. And the fact that your anxiety showed up isn't your fault because it's not your job to keep your anxiety at bay all of the time. Life will call on your anxiety and it mm-hmm. will show up. Your job is to process it in a healthy and nourishing way for yourself, not in a way that packages your anxiety to be more likable by other people. 
makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so the two, the, the, the bill of rights, the rights that, that my therapist said to me that really shook me were, I have the right to express all of my emotions, good or bad, right? I have the, I have the, mm. the human right the, to say to my wife like that I am sad today or I'm anxious. That's, that is my right. And I'm not hurting anyone or doing anything bad by expressing those negative emotions. And I'm not doing anything wrong by feeling them either. And then the second thing that like really shook me was that I have the right to be mad at someone I love now I know this man is not mm. was not your love of your life, but I I was so shocked by that that like to give myself permission to be mad at someone I love it feels like the opposite of my caretaker instincts, my people pleasing instincts, and my des- my childlike desire for everything to be okay. But it's okay. It is my right to be mad at my spouse or my love. You know, it's there's there's nothing wrong with that. What's that face, mm. Sam? I don't. Mm, I don't like it when I learn things on this podcast. <laughs> Isn't that trip? She said that to me, and I was like, "Carol, get off!" <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I didn't. I didn't come here to be read, Carol. Uh, I came here to be helped. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. I thought that was so. I think when I think about emotional intelligence um, and emotional vulnerability and the, the, the full, um, what is it? Gam- gamut of human experience. Um, and thinking about that, that those are, that's our human right to feel those things, to fuck up, mm. to make mistakes, to love, to try to all of these things and to bring discomfort to other people that that is a human right of ours um, was really empowering for me. And that's I funny. it is true. It's funny. Oh my God. I hope that no, helps like, you, Sam. Both Sam. No, honestly, like the only the only like fight fight that Peter and I have ever had where we like fought like, fought 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 right. Yeah, like yeah. we've had many like disagreements and discussions and like tearful stuff. Right? Was that I was like I feel like I'm not allowed to be mad at you. Wow. And I'm like he wasn't telling me that. I was telling myself that totally. Just had that epiphany right now. So sorry, Peter, from like four <laughs> years ago when we had that fight. <laughs> We're here to grow, people. <laughs> Just yes. four years later. <laughs> yeah, we do the best that we can, yeah. and then we learn more, and then we Period. do That's even it. better next time. <laughs> All right, Sam. We hope that um, this helps. Um, we hope that you feel empowered to start nourishing yourself mm. and not seeking external sources of that validation, even though we all do that. That's very normal. Absolutely. Um, But this, this man doesn't want to be with you and, and you deserve somebody who wants to be with you. And that the first person is you, right? You want to be with you. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that was, but (laughs) let's just go with it. I like it. All right, Sam. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. We love you. All right. Our third and final letter comes from Rachel a, who is writing from the void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I recently discovered your podcast and loved it immediately. I especially appreciate how you're able to balance humor and lightness with deep thoughtfulness. I'm sure that can be tricky to get right. So I just wanted to say that you're nailing it. I'm a 28 year old cis woman in a very new, we met on Bumble about a month and a half ago relationship. And I'm very, very into him. He's kind, thoughtful, super smart. We have the same sense of humor. And from what I can tell so far, similar values. And I'm extremely attracted to him. But I find myself often feeling awkward and insecure around him, afraid to do or say anything unattractive or off-putting. 
as a result, I kind of shut down and become quiet and unengaged. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has anything to do with his actions. He gives me every reason to believe he's just as into me as I am into him. I think what's happening is that I have a history of dating guys who I don't actually like because I feel flattered and validated that they want to be with me. This feels really rough to admit, but I want to be 100% honest. My last relationship was three years of ignoring a deep gut feeling that this was not the person I was supposed to be with. There was no one big reason, just a bunch of small incompatibilities and a, and a gut knowing that we weren't right for each other. Looking back, this has been a pattern for me. I stayed in relationships months after I discovered reasons why we weren't compatible or I caught the ick because it felt so good to be pursued and wanted. I know this is an extremely shitty way to treat people, but I'm very committed to breaking this pattern. I've even broken it once already. I went on a few dates over the summer with a guy who was very enthusiastically pursuing me and ended it when it became clear to me that I really just wasn't into him. Mm. If I'm honest, the last time I was in a relationship where I didn't feel any doubt about the person, I was brutally rejected. It was in my early 20s and he told a mutual friend that I was, quote, bad at sex. And that's why he ended things with me. It took me a long time to get over that level of rejection. And that's probably why I developed this pattern of of getting into relationships where I feel like I had the upper hand and that they didn't have the power to hurt or reject me so deeply. Mm. After I broke up with my ex, I promised myself that in my next serious relationship, we'd be on a level playing field, mutually into each other, and it would just feel right. Now that I found that potential person, I'm so uncomfortable and I'm worried my inability to be my full self around him is going to ruin the situation. I'm frustrated with myself. This is exactly what I lacked and wanted for so long. How can I get to a place where I'm able to relax and embrace this relationship? Or if it ends up not working out a future relationship that feels mutually fulfilling. Thanks so much, Rachel. What a thoughtful, interesting question. Um... I, it makes me, before we dive into it, it makes me immediately think about my little unrequited crush that I had on a friend for like five years, um, in my early Mm twenties, um, Mm -hmm. that was so tumultuous, um, and requited and unrequited in ebbs and flows. And Mm -hmm. it is, that is the relationship that made me realize the whole potential, um, uh, the the idea of unfulfilled potential that I mm-hmm. talk about, yep. like that he's not giving you 70%, he's giving you 100%, even though you want it to be 70%. And so you're daydreaming about the extra untapped potential. He yep. That relationship is the one that made me realize like, oh, dang, like this is it. This is this 100%. Sorry. I didn't know if that was like a an idea or a metaphor. And that's what I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to like label it before I explained it and whatever. Fuck it. Yep, yep, anyway, yep, um, go for it. but I... <laughs> why I'm bringing that relationship up is that because Rachel, I felt I'm like in before that relationship, I had been very confident um, in dating or like flirting, maybe not confident, Mm -hmm. but like I felt like myself, you know, and I felt like, okay, let's just like see where this goes. But come that friendship slash relationship slash whatever little heart Olympics it was. Um, I felt so uncool and unconfident and and so unsure of myself. I I remember saying to to people during like friends during that time like I don't feel like myself around him. All of a sudden I get nervous and tongue tied and like second guess myself mm-hmm. and I try to like be cool enough <laughs> for him to want me. Um and and I I just want to say like uh-huh. that is such a that's such such like a that sensation of of all of a sudden like feeling like you 
aren't yourself around someone that you're interested in, uh, it sucks. And it, it like makes you question your authenticity. And honestly, one more thing, that's like the first relationship in which I really internalized or understood power dynamics in that more subtle way, like the energy that you bring to the podcast or podcast. Oh my God. The energy that you bring to the relationship. (laughs) Yeah. I would say that like the thing that I related to was this, this idea of like being brutally rejected or like having them say something that's like very personally um, hurtful, right? Yeah. Like the fact that you're this person that you were dating so that you are, yeah, bad at sex, right? Like I have the, the person that I dated for a long time who was not great to me, like said a lot of really mean things about me, um, as a person and like that severely undermined my confidence. And mm-hmm. so I also had a period of only dating people who were like super into me. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it felt like it felt safe there. It felt, um, it felt like I was in control of the situation, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like this person continues to want to be with me. I don't have to put that much work in. I don't have to show up fully, right? Like I don't have to to express the vulnerability of of you know being open um, because I know that this person is feels so excited to be with me that I don't have to like try, <laughs> right? Right? Like welcome to Sam's early twenties. And so like, I, I can understand sort of the path that you're on, right. That this, that this might have triggered some of the, um, avoidant attachment tendencies that you might have to Mm -hmm. say like, okay, cool. I'm just not going to like, I'm not going to show up for anyone. I'm going to create intentional space between me and them. I'm going to make sure that they know that I could leave at any time that I know that I can leave at any time that they are more into me than I'm into them. That's important too. Right. And I think like we often talk about avoidant people as like never being in relationships, but the reality is, is that avoidant people are in relationships all the time. Right. And, and that they look like this type of power dynamic where, where the avoidant person is constantly saying like, just remember, I don't need you. Just remember I can, I can leave at any point. Just remember you're lucky to be with me because I could have, I could be dating any other person that I wanted to, right? Like that's, that's how an avoidant person shows up in a relationship. So like all to say, it's good to know that because it helps us change our behavior when we know more about why we're Mm -hmm. doing what we're doing. And also say like, I think it's perfectly understandable that you left that, that relationship where that, that person was so hurtful for you and so totally undermined your confidence and your understanding of yourself and found yourself in relationships where you sort of like didn't want to show up fully, right? Right. You didn't want to, you don't want to risk that vulnerability for fear of being rejected so brutally again. Right. And let's, let's talk about that rejection just a little bit, because I, one of my favorite things that I've learned on this podcast is about the stories we tell ourselves and the narratives Mm -hmm. that we allow, that we allow to structure our lives really Right now, the the story that you're telling yourself is that I was so bad in bed or I am so undesirable or whatever that Mm -hmm. I, that I, every time I date someone, I risk them rejecting me to that level or I risk them seeing how unworthy I am. Right. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. the, the story you're also telling yourself is that this one asshole, this one person gets to decide how you vulnerably show up in life. And that he's like the all knowing like sex God that gets to grade (laughs) everyone. And then they have to carry those grades around with them for the rest of their life. 
listen, I know for a fact that there are people out there who don't like having sex with me or don't like the way I have sex um, and vice versa. There are people out there that I don't desire that I was like, wow, that was really unimpressive. And they're like somebody's best lover, right? Mm -hmm. They are someone's sexual fantasy um, and I feel nothing but regret, right? I, 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 I make these jokes not to undervalue the amount of hurt that that man's comments caused but i just want to dethrone it i wanted to say like that hurt you can and say it with me right like that that comment him him rejecting me in in that such deep and vulnerable way was so hurtful it really hurt me but it doesn't define me and he doesn't get to define any future relationships it doesn't get to define my um like my body my sexuality or anything like that like that's just one dude so don't let that I'm going to dethrone that one narrative. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and, and tell myself the truth, which is that I'm, I'm made up of a thousand, I'm hundreds of thousands of experiences. And that one hurtful experience with that guy, I'm going to, I'm going to let it go now. Mm -hmm. I think that that is (laughs) really hard to do though. Right. Like I want to acknowledge that that's like a very challenging thing to to sort of take. And I think one of the things that we can also do in that situation is then just like, totally internalize that and be like, well, I'll just, I will accept the fact that I'm bad in bed. And that will be like the way that I go through the world. Like that way, again, I don't have to try. I don't have to show up differently. I'll just be like, well, that man said I was bad in bed. And so therefore I am bad in bed, but that's not the practice. The practice is like delegitimizing what that person said about you, not internalizing the criticism that they gave you because that's, that's not where the healing is. The healing is, is in recognizing that like you are good in bed and the way that you show up in bed is great for you and for everyone else. And there are ways to improve and ways to, to change the way that we're showing up. But, but it's not about you saying like, okay, well I'm bad in bed. So like now I just won't try. Mm. And instead saying like, no, I am, I'm going to not accept what this man said to me. And I'm going to, to not internalize that rejection as a, as a validation of how have what I think about myself, but instead say like that man doesn't have any right to say anything of the sort about who I am and how I show up in bed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So maybe let's just do some takeaway points about like in this new relationship, in this new headspace, in this new reality in which you are, you're going to, you're going to restructure the narratives that you tell yourself Mm-hmm. Um, one, like we might, we might like vow that power dynamics are real in relationship, but they are malleable, right? They are. Mm-hmm. And so much of p- the power dynamics that we experience are constructed in our heads through these types of narratives that we believe. Right. Right. So you are not more unsafe in this relationship because you're invested in this guy, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That like, so say to yourself, right. Um, I am being vulnerable and I'm being authentic. Um, and I think that that's worth any risk to discover what this relationship might unfold into Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. No, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) Half the time I don't either. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's absolutely true. Um, and that just reminding yourself that vulnerability is the place where relationships were grow the most verdantly, right? Is the idea of 
of, you know, showing up fully in a relationship is a new practice for you, right? You've over the course of the past few years, you've, you've only shown up halfway right? Mm-hmm. Like, and intentionally in, in, because you were trying to protect yourself. But the reality is, is that like showing up meaningfully and authentically and vulnerably in a relationship is going to, is going to serve you better than closing yourself off. And also recognize that like, that's a new practice for you. That is, you are learning something new mm-hmm. and you can't beat yourself up for not being perfect at it the first time, right? Like it, how many times did it take you to learn how to ride a bike or to learn how to play that song on the piano, right? It took intentional practice. And mm-hmm. so don't beat yourself up for the fact that you aren't able to be open and vulnerable with this man immediately, right? And right. instead look at the ways in which you are moving towards your goal, right? Look at the ways in which you have made the promise to yourself. I'm going to talk about this thing that is really uncomfortable for me and I'm going to breathe through it and I'm going to be okay with the response, right? Like that's focusing on sort of the ways in which you are, you are moving forward is going to serve you better than saying like, oh, I'm bad at this. And so I, I'm, I should never try it again. Right. Or like, I'm bad at this, or I I didn't succeed because this is unlearned for me. This is out of practice for me. And therefore I just shouldn't try anymore. Yeah. I love that. I think that, that we, you tapped into a level of vulnerability, even just in answering this, this letter, um, mm. that, you know, I guess reminds us that vulnerability, authenticity, it's a constant practice. It's a constant journey. Um, and it's nothing that we can fail at, right? It's just something that we can try, right? Try, try to mm-hmm. become more of ourselves. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Rachel, Sam and I obviously feel very moved by your letter and um, we hope that you feel seen and understood and empowered and um, thanks for writing. Absolutely. There's actually one thing more that I want to say. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no worries. Um, the other thing that I would just encourage you to do, Rachel, is to to pivot to gratitude in those moments of anxiety. So, right, like the reason why you are feeling so anxious about this is because you're afraid to lose it because mm. you are so thankful for it, right? Because you you are finally in a relationship where it feels like you have the space to be able to show up authentically, where yeah. you really like this person. Yeah, or you think you don't deserve it, which is also mm-hmm. untrue, right? Absolutely, right? So instead of saying like, oh my God, I'm such a fuck up, I'm going to lose this. Instead say like, oh my God, I am so thankful that I get to have this relationship in my life. I'm so thankful that I got to meet this guy who seems really awesome. I'm so thankful for the fact that I feel so much towards him so early on. And focusing and staying in that space, in the present space, right? Because we can't, the future is within our sphere of influence, but we can't change it right now, right? Mm -mm. And there's nothing that we can do about the past. There's nothing we can do about the awful thing that man said about you. But what you can do is is recenter yourself in every moment and say like, oh, I'm feeling so anxious about about messing this up. And it's because I'm just so grateful for the fact that I I met someone that I really, really like. Wow, I love that, Sam. And so- that I think, at least for me, in those types of moments, like takes me out of the anxiety and puts me back, like literally puts me back in my body, <laughs> like gets me out of like the space above my head where I'm inhabiting when I'm mm-hmm. in anxiety. And instead is like, oh, yes, I feel this in the, my solar plexus, this feeling of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And so it's a reminder to sit in your body in that moment and just breathe and, and be like, this is all I can do right now is just practice this moment of gratitude mm-hmm. for this thing that I'm really concerned about losing. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's 
that can be applied to so many scenarios in our life and to so many our listeners. Just cut out the future, cut out the past, think about what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I love that. All right. Ready to sign off? <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Rachel, so much for writing. I'm sorry that I interrupted. Oh, no, this was so important. Like... <laughs> I just thought it was like the organic end, but that's okay. We're all learning. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right, everyone, that brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is when we try and set you up with something we think you're really going to like. This week, we want to set you up with. Okay, so it's a short documentary that is available on YouTube for free right now. Um, I actually watched it last month with my father and my wife. Um, Willow loves to watch like any sort of like um, nature documentaries or humans doing incredible things with their body sort of documentaries. Um, and mm-hmm. we we learned about this one. It's called The Last Honey Hunter. Um, and it is only... 35 minutes long um, with like a really sweet nine minute behind the scenes video that you can also watch. So it's like under an hour. Um, and it's one of those really amazing documentaries that is not only shot so beautifully um, in Nepal, uh, but it's also, it's, it's filmed in a way in which you don't, the, the documentarians are not involved, right? There's not mm. a, there's not a narrator, you know, so you really feel like immersed in this, um, in this story really. And I'm not going to give a lot of it away, but I, I'll just say really quickly, it's, it's in, um, Nepal in, um, it's called the Kulung, um, culture. I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing that correctly, but they basically, they harvest this psychotropic honey off mm. the side of these wild mountains in in a way in which um in a style that has not been changed you know in hundreds of years basically Mm -hmm. um and uh it's dangerous and it's incredible and it's humbling and the story itself is just so magnificent um and beautiful but honestly has fucking nothing to do with our podcast but (laughs) but i truly loved it and truly um i recommended it to some other people in my social circle um and thought it would make a great blind date it's 35 minutes long um find it on youtube it's called the last honey hunter um and uh yeah check it out if you have if you're interested in something like that, um, awesome. it's, it's also like so wildly humbling. Like why I liked the behind the scenes is because um, it shows like um, the differences culturally um, and our understanding of like um, fear and historical practice. And, and so there's, you know, in the film you see like this man barefoot on this like hanging off of a cliff essentially into the abyss on like a, a rope ladder covered in bees and, and uh, collecting the psychotropic <laughs> honey. Um, uh-huh. And then you see in the behind the scenes footage, you see like the camera crew on like in like professional um, yeah. like climbing gear and full beekeeping outfits, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um I say that it's humbling because like uh, it really took me outside of my own world. Um, uh, we feel so connected these days, but I love remind remembering that connection doesn't always equal like the internet, you know, just because I can see mm. so much more because of the 
with the access I have through fucking Instagram doesn't mean I'm getting a, an accurate scope of humanity. Anyway, Absolutely. The Last Honey Hunter, check it out on YouTube. I love that. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Instagram, Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can, <laughs> good job. You can slide Thank into you. our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is the only place that you can submit your letters. And it's also where you can find our brand new online store. Um, check out new shirts, new sweatshirts, uh, new tote bags, stickers, literal red flags. Check it all out at justbreakuppod.com. Please follow us so that you can get your episode every Monday exclusively on Spotify and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you will get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This literally keeps the mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Big Cats, a.k.a. Spencer. Make sure to check out his podcast, the What If Podcast. What If Pod, actually. (laughs) And remember, (laughs) you already hold the wisdom that you need. And when you're uncertain, your intuition, that inner voice is there to gently tip you in the right direction. Have faith in these feelings. Trust your insights. It takes courage to become who you truly are, and it takes courage to listen to yourself. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>